If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Unsung Podcast, where we talk about classic albums and decide if they deserve that distinction. And we also talk about some unsung classics in the hopes of bringing them to a new audience. And at the end of it all, we let you decide if we are right or wrong. This is the Unsung Podcast. Song podcast. This is episode seven, and on this episode, we are talking about Ease by Joanna Newsom. And we will get into that record, of course, in just a moment. But before we do that, I'm sure you guys are absolutely dying to know the outcome of last week's vote. Well, last week, as fans may know, we spoke about Mr. Beast by Mogwai. The contention, of course, being that is this the definitive Mogwai record? If one Mogwai record is going to go into our discography, is it this one? So we asked you. If you think that Mr. Beast should be the one that represents Mogwai And I've got to say, this is the closest vote that we have yet had And the answer is yes, Mr. Beast by Mogwai does indeed make it into our discography of all-time classic albums So welcome Mogwai, it's really great to have you But if you disagree, then man, that's on you Like, you could have swayed it if you didn't think this was our best record But alas... Let's not commiserate, let's celebrate because Mr Beast is a worthy addition to our discography so thank you very much to everybody who voted. We love that you are interacting with what we are doing. It gives us a warm fuzzy feeling inside and all that. So let's crack on as we talk about the seventh record that is going to be nominated for our discography, hopefully. And this is Ease by Joanna Newsom. I'm your host, Mark Fraser, otherwise known as a creator, and I'm joined by two interesting gentlemen. <laughs> uh, to my right is uh, Mr. Chris Cusack, who is, uh, I've heard, has actually bought 45 tickets for every day of Transmit Festival so far. He's taken his <laughs> entire one. extended family. Except one, when I bought 90. Uh, yeah, exactly. 
Was that the uh, killers? You're really excited for that, aren't you? I, I played a big part in it. Um, <laughs> so the cultural event of the summer. Mm-hmm. I want it to sell out, so I feel everybody should buy 45 tickets each, so it has a chance. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, to my left is David John Weaver, a man who I've only recently buried the hatchet with after a severe fallout relating to DJ Shadow. <laughs> but we're back in talking terms. Um, we're wearing each other's shoes, generally hanging about a bit more, and uh, it's all good. Just nice. in time as well. You know, perfect. Justin Timberlake. Oh dear. Let me get my notes hang on. <laughs> did you just say Justin Timberlake? <laughs> I did. Yeah, great. Puns, we got them. Thanks. Um, so this week, Mark, we're going to be doing Ease by Joanna Newsom, and you need your notes for that. I really do. <laughs> Was that about eight words? I've had some thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I did some thinking. A busy week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so I guess, Chris, it's your choice, so... Let's, this let's is, get the ball rolling. Uh, this Why? Is very, this is very much my choice. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't think I'm exaggerating. This is definitely one of my favourite records. Full stop. Like I think this is a really, really excellent album. Joanna Newsom. Can I know who Joanna Newsom is? Mm. I'm assuming. As to why this album stands out, I didn't pick Milk Eyed Mender. <laughs> well, that's been a bone of contention. Um, <laughs> and then on the flip side of that, a few of my other friends are outraged that I didn't pick Have One of Me. Nobody seems particularly outraged I didn't pick 15 Divers, um, which is bad news for Joanna, seeing as it's her most recent album. But um, this, this record is so ambitious, like so so completely, uh, how can I put it? Like she, she she set out to do something that was eccentric with Milk Eye Bender and, and the EPs before it. And she was doing something that was, you know, there was a lot of kind of cookie, twee sort of like solo... Acts, especially solo female acts, but there were a couple of male acts as well. Devendra Banhart was kind of like a bit like that as well. But she exponentially went for it on this album from her first one. Her first one to me is relatively unremarkable, other than a couple of really strong tracks. It it passes me by and at times it's really great. And there's a song in it called, is it Peach Plum Pear? Yeah. That is just, oh, there's a couple of bits in that that are just like, they came on recently when I was listening to it again and I was like swatting the earbuds out of my ears like I was getting attacked by bees it was just horrendous and it kind of made me realise how much of a departure this was like I was introduced to this by my friend Robbie and so I'm probably the only person that also associates this with fajitas because I was like I was making us dinner before a night out at Stirling University which we coincidentally mentioned in the last podcast mm-hmm. we were going to the sneak into the student union um and so Robbie was like, I'm going to put this on in the background while we're making this. And there's very few times I can honestly say I've been so distracted by going, what is this? And then him tell me, oh, that's this. Well, I was like, I thought she didn't do stuff like that. And I mean, yeah, it's, For me, that seems like a really weird background music album. No, <laughs> to absolutely. Anyway, so to get to the point, though, I mean, it's only five tracks. They're long tracks. They are in, it's incredibly proggy. I mean, it's, they, they called it various things. I think some of them were like psychedelic folk neo-folk, freak folk, loads of like key changes, weird timings, just loads of really, really eccentric uh, arrangements. Uh, Plus, you know, she plays harp predominantly. Mm -hmm. It was a real departure. It just, it really, really caught me off guard. And then I listened to it a lot on the back of that to try and understand where it was coming from. I thought it was quite challenging and found it really rewarding once I undertook that. Maybe it's slightly unfair because our later albums are also kind of in similar vein and they're really challenging and they're really multi-layered and the more you get into them, the more there is. But I don't think she's ever quite 
matched the ambition of this record or like the poetry of this record or the the melody of this record i mean it's to me it's just a, it's a beautiful piece of work mm-hmm. oh we are what are your thoughts i mean so this was a fairly new record for me i'd kind of kind of knew joanna from a girl i used to go out with was just a massive fan and you know she'd put it on on, on vinyl like sometimes and yeah i really enjoyed it but never I don't know, maybe, I don't think she'd ever put this on in the background. So I'd never, like, had that listening, making fajitas, going, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so I'd never, like, sort of just sat down and listened to it. So, you know, when we decided we were going to do this record, it's been, yeah, it's been a whole experience of, you know, getting getting lost in it. And, yeah, it's ambitious. It's it, That's the key word for me. And for me, I think she fucking nails it, because it's, what do you compare it to? Um, Other than more Joanna Newsom. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, you like, just I went back to and, Kate Bush a lot. I know that. Like, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Bits of Tori Amos as well. Well, like just in terms of like the soundscapes of the whole record, or just you know someone else. It's just so much going on. You know, winding in and out of each other. I went back and like listened to a lot of like her sort of whole back catalogue, and the one that actually stuck out for me was her first EP. Was it Walnut Wales? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I really liked that because it was really sparse, mm. like sort of lo-fi, and it was just like her and her harp. And then this album, like a lot, a I lot of the other stuff is like. Apparently, she was touring. I, th- I think it was that EP. She was touring with a guy, Will Oldham. Oh yeah, he introduced her to folk at Drag City. Ah, cool. Something like that. So she ended up being signed. I don't know because like the our f- first album like included like some tracks from that EP, and was just like a better produced version yeah. of that. Yeah. But I like the lo-fi thing of walnut wheels but then this album just came out like sometimes i just hate overproduced stuff unless it's fucking ambitious mm. and it's like right they've just gone and spent six months in the studio and gone absolutely fucking mental see talking about the production one of the things that as a total you know alternative kid one of the things that really sold this to me was the fact that they'd taken a chance with the producer it was steve albini that mm. recorded the the vocals and the harp and I like that. I like that kind of like yeah. crossing boundaries. You know, it's like when Godspeed worked with Albini as well. You know, it's like it's nice to hear people bringing influences in from completely different areas of, or not completely different, but relatively different areas of music because they appreciate what that person gets out of it. And then uh, she she got the arrangements done by a guy called Van Dyke Parks. Who, it was who, incredible. Yeah, he'd done some pretty amazing stuff like Broccoli, 71, 72, mm. something like that. He did yeah. that. Um, and, and stuff. Like that's, that's pretty inspired kind of uh, team building in itself, I think, and there's like there's there's applause merited just for like not going for not playing safe and not going for the usual suspects, putting something together that's quite unusual, and I think it really benefits from those you know from real thought being put into who was going to work on it in that sense. Mm-hmm. The thing I like about this record the most is as as pure punk as fuck and 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 its approach, mm-hmm. it, does, it gives no fucks, which is great, you know. Yeah. I mean, she gave. I would say even less fucks previously. Well, it's <laughs> like, it's, on Peach Pompeer, but it's like becoming like everything that you would. It's how I, I'm unfamiliar with her. Like I've only had this record, but it's um, how I'd imagine that just going. You know what? I'm going to do whatever the hell I want, and it's matter. The shirting with artless horse thing, but Ursula, we've got to eat Girded all double bolted 
Well, you know, that's why I like this record. It's an interesting thing. After this record, some people took issue with her next material because they felt her voice had changed. And I was mm. kind of looking into that a bit because they were like, oh, you know, she's she's gone a lot more commercial. She's less eccentric. But it, it seems that there was a period for about two months where she lost, she got nodules um, oh, okay. and like couldn't speak or sing for a couple of months. Mm. Yeah. And when she came back from that, I don't know if it was to further protect her voice or if it was just simply because she couldn't get the, the, the same tone out of it again. But it seems like her singing has sort of changed since then. And maybe that also, this is a... This is a sweet spot for me in terms of her still having that sort of original range and approach, but it just being a bit more refined than it was on the Milk-Eyed Mender. And then, you know, she went through that thing where she got the nodules and it's not... I don't know if it's... I wouldn't say it's worse. It's certainly slightly different now. Mm. But, um, it's. I mean, there's still... Some of her nicest songs are on Have One On Me. It's just... The album is way too long. It's like, like yeah. far, far too long. And it, if, if it had been cut down, it could have been... The ma- maybe the match of this if it had been cut down to one amazing album but it just loses its momentum and it's hard to get through it with the same sort of sustained level of quality as, it, as when you listen through this to kind of come at this in a bit more of a constructive way I would say that what really like looking at my own motivations for why this album is so important it really is largely propped up by that 17 and a half minutes of Only Skin mm-hmm. which I think is just I mean it's genuinely one of the best songs I've ever heard and it's massive And it's, first of all, I don't understand how she remembers the lyrics, let alone all the harp parts. I mean, it's just pretty staggering. They play 20 minutes of that many notes and say that many words. And I mean, we'll come back to the lyrics because I think lyrically she is as accomplished a poet at points as she is a musician. I'm kind of indifferent to a lot of lyricism. She is a she is a writer that her, her lyricism is just phenomenal, and that song in particular has so many lines that do reach out and kind of squeeze your heart just a wee bit. And kind of once I got really deeply into that song, working backwards to appreciate, it was, then it was Emily, the the first track, which is named after a sister who sings in it as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then kind of going to Cosmia and you know Monkey and Bear and kind of moving around only skin to try and like get into the rest of the material and have that as a reference point. But I've never, I don't think she's ever done anything better than Only Skin. I think there's multiple points in that song where you do feel that little lift in your chest like you've your car's just gone over a bump and, you know, you're yeah. just in midair for half a second. And it's just, it's a, it's a really astonishing achievement, that, that bit of music. And that alone propels this album beyond anything else she's done. Yeah. What is astonishing is that a record exists that proves Chris Cusack has emotions, <laughs> which is someone else. <laughs> It is a very emotive record, <laughs> you know. Her voice is supremely emotive and the way all the songs sprawl and unfold is just, as pure magic. Yeah. And Van Dyke's Park Orchestra, or Van Park Dyke. Van Dyke Parks. Van Dyke Parks. <laughs> Van Parks Dyke. Van Parks Dyke. There's, there's so many variations. There is very. They all sound yeah. like places in Canada. <laughs> his, uh, his, his general orchestration gives it a totally dreamy 50s vibe, like something like, it reminded me for some reason of, like, I don't know, an Audrey Hepburn film. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the just the soundtrack. Like the, the whole, like okay. the way the orchestra moves. I mean, there is there is something like I mean, Audrey Hepburn had that slightly 
twee slightly sort of like endearing yeah. cookie sort of eccentricity mm-hmm. and I think Joanna knew some really plays in that was it like the elf and princess and all the different kind of internet kind of titles for like yeah. pixie goddess and <laughs> these you know because she she kind of play. I mean the artwork plays on that you know the mm-hmm. whole kind of thing of ease being like a mystery town off the coast of France it disappeared into the ocean yeah. and in the front she's in medieval dress and when she plays live you know she's, she has got like she could have been in Lord of the Rings kind of quality to her and she kind of yeah she does make something of that the tweeness the cookiness of it and I can so I can see yeah how that would tie in If you like what you hear and you want to support this small independent podcast and keep Chris off the streets I mean he's so miserable right now we need to keep him happy then you can donate donate whatever you want you can as long as it's money <laughs> just go to www.unsungpod.net slash donate and uh, just send us anything that you can afford That's, that's one of the, that is the orchestration that really hit me with this record up and our voice as well um, apart from the squeaking there's those squeaks and that, that <laughs> immediately makes one all just... the best female singers squeak and Cindy Loper had some of the best squeaks in the business you're going to back that with a record recommendation there. we'll get there we'll get there she's so unusual clearly um, yeah I mean this, this was a really well uh, received album critically yeah. mm-hmm. I mean it, I don't, it only got to like 134 or something like that in the charts it's 136 it's something in about there yeah. but it critically was like really lauded and I think deservingly so and it's our most recent album that's really sold pretty well which I think is actually comparatively pretty weak even to have one on me yeah. um, it's it's not without a couple of beautiful moments but it's not nearly as strong I don't but think. I think her audience is, has grown over the last sort of 10 years since this album came out so you know everybody that likes Joanna Newsom now will go out and buy that new record but as far as, as I'm aware though, 10 years. that whole bump for our previous catalogue hasn't manifested quite as much you know in terms of there's a statistic somewhere the new album still has more sales than the others put together oh really? Well, I believe so I mean if that's, that's wrong I apologise <laughs> to Drag City <laughs> and everyone else but um, it was certainly something to that effect like it far outsold previous stuff I can appreciate why why anybody would want to put us in a photography of great records because it is a there's a tower and achievement that is mm. eccentric and it's it's just yeah there's so much to it and 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 kind of way and in some way it's kind of similar to the DJ Shadow record we just spoke about like last week because it again it evolves and it feels organic and it, it takes time to get to where it really wants to go. I'm not just saying that because there's long songs on it, but <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's 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 thought out. You know, it's like getting to a specific point. Um, there's so many. She's got hooks for days. There's yeah. so many hooky vocal parts that most artists would kill just to have one of repeating in a chorus in a song. Yeah, and she just drops one in there like mm-hmm. 12 minutes into yeah. a track and then abandons mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. <laughs> and the moment I slept, I was swept up in a terrible tremor. Though no longer bereft, how I shook and I couldn't remember. The diary you listen to an album, straight face is called Stormcock. 
Carry on. <laughs> so, uh, is it Roy or Ray Harper? And sorry, my, my memory's failing here. But um, she she cites it as a massive influence on her. Stormcock, say it again. Um, but apparently, it's some bird that appears when it's been raining. But there's far funnier connotations. Um, but that's like a that was a again sixties or seventies. In fact, I think it was the very early seventies. He brought this out, and it was like a really ambitious. He's a Californian guy as well. And really ambitious, kind of neo folk, sprawling, proggy adventures thing. So I had to listen to it to try, and you can really hear. I mean, it's not musically similar, and it's you know it's a male voice, and it's a little bit more kind of like the sex There's a bit more of that going on, but you, you, the, the progressions and the the kind of you know, oh, I'm going to change direction here and go for three minutes down this road, then come back to that road, and that. That's really there, and that's you know, kind of cool. I mean, I think she was exposed to that sort of stuff um, when she was quite young. Apparently, she wasn't allowed to watch TV when she was younger. Mm. Yeah, and so they spent a lot of time listening to music, and that was a big part of it, and, and learning music. And her family were... Well, that, yeah, <coughs> that explains well, a lot, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, and she kind of broke away from that. She found it, obviously, found it very sort of constraining. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I like I was I was reading some of her own comments about her own records. They're they're quite revealing. Like it's quite interesting to see how she appraises her own back catalogue. There was a really good quote uh, about her. She she gave up on uh, like polyrhythms because she said uh, they stopped being fascinating and started to feel wanky. <laughs> um, and I mean, there's a lot of polyrhythms in this. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like when you actually listen to the harp and you imagine the tracking that they did. Yeah. Before all the other arrangement was in there, I mean, the, the recording process must have been wow. Even even the click track must have been mental. Yeah, that's like, exactly, marbles yeah. dropping down a stair. Yeah, <laughs> how do you like sit down and like <laughs> map that out beforehand? I've just got no fucking idea. That's like that's what I love. I love records that I can listen to and go, I don't know how they did that. And that's like how this feels. Like I love a good solid fucking pop song or mm. rock song or whatever. But like what this album has a lot of that like a lot of prog doesn't. But what's actually more, it's more difficult to work around is space. So much space on this record. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much, you know, like, there are quiet bits here and, you know, all throughout. It's just dynamically an incredible record. There's a couple of bits where it goes down to just one, like, sustained violin. Yeah. You know, just mm. bowing, and that's that's beautiful. And you know? it's like the, the yeah. subtlety of that and the, and the confidence it takes to allow your music to go from so big with this full orchestral arrangement yeah. right, right down to that is mm-hmm. like that's pretty dynamic given the you know mm-hmm. the genre she's working in and uh, I think yeah like you said it's it's nice to it's nice to encounter stuff whether it's music whether it's film whatever it is whether it's football just whatever you're watching something and you're like how, how did they do that you're just like, like yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm trying to think I've got some references I'm thinking you know you, you hear a lot of stuff and you're like yeah given enough time given enough monkeys and enough warehouses we could probably come up with that Aye. but there's some stuff you're just like, oh that's taking somebody special yeah that? that's that's mm-hmm. like yeah. taking real inspiration and a you know a convergence of just the right people and the right bit of luck and you know the right yeah. takes and maybe a little bit of feedback here and all these little um variables that are just they've just come together in such a nice way and i think you know this is this is one as well like i said but mm-hmm. even the team that was assembled that's that's a big part of it mm-hmm. yeah. Going back to the lyrical thing as well, mm. the lyrics on our other material is, some of them are excellent, some of them are beautiful, but I don't think 
they're maybe a little bit more buried. The productions are a little bit more lush, like you said. There's a lot of space in this, and so a lot of lyrics really push through a lot more clearly. And I mean, some of the lyrics are really, really like striking. I felt yeah. like on their own when you when you read them just without the music playing, they're they're they're, they're pretty astonishing. Yeah. That's it. I'm like I can compl- like I've never. You just mentioned that you've never been that sort of lyrical guy, but neither have I. I've always. Like I got into riffs when I was little and I've always been into instrumental music and stuff like that. But there are a few artists and there's a few records I can just recognise, you know, fucking lyrical genius basically, you know, like yeah. absolute poetry. And like I just really appreciate the way they shape their words and their use of language. And yeah, this was a record that I was like... I think, again, only skin especially. I think mm. there's so many moments in it. Like I wrote, like, I wrote one of them down here that she's got a a kind of passage in it that goes and the cities we passed were a flickering wasteland but his hand in my hand made them hale and harmless while down in the lowlands the crops are all coming we have everything life is thundering blissful towards death in a stampede of his fumbling green gentleness see that line life is thundering blissful towards death is mm-hmm. just I mean there's so much in that and it's just like that really made the hair stand up in the back of my neck and it's, it's one of those moments in that song that's just like yeah I'm sold this, yeah. this doesn't get old I know it's coming Then it comes And you're like That's just That's an amazing Simple Beautifully Complex idea Articulated in such a Disarming way I just Yeah I just think Like I'm going to gush about this Endlessly mm-hmm. I, mean, I could go through All the songs Pulling lyrics out I think there's mm-hmm. There's some really Beautiful stuff I mean, One of these songs Is about her friend Dying Like a, yeah. a really good Friend of hers Dying uh, I think it was Cosmia Yeah yeah. Cosmia um, I think there's some really, really nice moments In that Once you know The actual tone of the song yeah. Um there's also like in, in Only Skin, Bill Callahan does the backing vocals at the end. And they had a like a, a reasonably brief but fairly intense relationship apparently. Mm-hmm. And again that adds a bit of kind of emotional weight to the song when you know the context and you know it's I mean and it's, with Bill Callahan is great. Yeah, so. he's yeah, he's he's a seal of quality in a lot of ways. I I think it's just I mean, it's such a rewarding record on so many levels albeit I recognise it's really difficult. Yeah, it's not one that you can just go to and it's not a car record for me. Or <laughs> maybe it's a car record when you're driving home on your own, you know, and it's, I don't know, snowy or something like I that. Can honestly but it's not a yeah. 5v in the car, let's put a banger on. Hmm. I'd heard about this. it. I'd heard about it. I'd, I'd, I knew the lore around it and, and, and the general, how, how well it had been regarded. So I did listen to it just sitting, like, yeah. like myself, like completely no distractions, just sitting with the stereo on in, in the living room. And because if you're in your car, your battery would go dead with this yeah. record. <laughs> so I, 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 that's why that's the way I approached it as well because I knew I was going to be in for a bit of a fight because it's not a record that's going to give up its secrets particularly easily. Yeah, you know, and I appreciate that in a lot of ways. Um, our voice, particularly, can for me is a bit grating sometimes, mm-hmm. but I, I, I appreciate the way it sits in the music and the way she deploys it and how she generally uses it across the whole album. Um, it's like a wisp almost that kind of floats above everything else. There's a line in it where she goes, is it, it's something like, and miss, and miss, and miss your precious heart or something. She just repeats it. And that is like, that's probably the most grating point in the mm. record. That does, yeah, that, that is right out there. Well, I'll give you that. Mm. <laughs> it's like a callback to her previous stuff. Um, I, I once, I say once, I've probably done it multiple times. I do remember shedding a tape of this in an old navy blue Ford Fiesta in a car <laughs> park car. in Stirling. <laughs> the rest of that scenario will go unsaid. 
And we're right. talking about like the engineering and, and, and the sort of songwriting that must have went into this and how it was like, how it must have been quite heavily engineered to, 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 to get to where it was, but it still feels so loose. See, I don't know if it was though, because like, it has Al- to be Al- Al- Albini, extra, well, like, Albini was the engineer, yeah. like specifically, and I don't think he's known for over overly complicating a process. It's really just a case of well placed microphones, a good instrument, and good a good take. I think maybe the the arrangement, you know, uh, Van Dyke Parks, Van Park Dykes, Van Park Dykes, <laughs> Dan Parks Vans, <laughs> whatever. Um, like maybe his arrangement, yeah, that would that would undoubtedly have taken uh, a bit more. But then again, she did tour this live with mm. an orchestra. Yeah, the videos are online. Mm. They're they're amazing. There's a video for her playing at the the Tron in Glasgow actually with mm-hmm. her. With the, with the full backing orchestra and that's just astonishing and it's live mm-hmm. so really I mean recorded properly it's not like it took teams of people pro tooling things into place necessarily yeah. but the right players with the right engineers you know and it sounds like those people were involved in the project so I'm sure it was a difficult thing to mix and get all the there's there's loads of variables in it you know loads of little changes you could make but in terms of actually recording I think with the quality of the people that are involved especially her you know her skill as a player and as a singer yeah, I could. I think it. There's probably records we've covered that have a lot more production on them that sound like they probably had less. I'd imagine maybe the Idlewild record. There's, you know, yeah. when you're producing like a rock record and try to saturate it, this doesn't have saturation. You're not. No. You're not going for that. You know, it's not a throbbing bassline mm. and synths and stuff. You know. Yeah, we've like we've said already. It comes back to the space. There's yeah, a lot it's, of it's space on the records. Yeah, yeah. I think Divers is much much more heavily produced and is nice in places, but it definitely shows that. It's been more deliberate mm. to try and create the atmosphere rather than letting the atmosphere be created. Yeah, I mean, personally, I've only listened to it a couple of times and I have no real opinion if it should go in or not. I mean, it's a good record. It, it seems like it's a very important record, but I've found no connection to it, personally. I, listen to it. I can appreciate it for what it is, all the moving parts, everything that makes it so good, and it is good, don't get me wrong. It's so petty for you to try and get me back for DJ Shadow <laughs> like this, but I just didn't. I just didn't connect it. Maybe I need to spend more time with it, though. And I, I probably will. Yeah, I have, I, wanted, I would, I have would, wanted to listen to it know, ever since. Regardless, you know? I would encourage anybody to spend more time with it because it is a record that it's not just my testimony. Like the the critical reception for this record, it wasn't one that was getting pushed out by a big artist at the time. It was just a very very good album that people who took the time to really invest in it grew to really love. The vast majority of them grew to really love it, and I would say that if you are able to give it the time, it does get better and better and better. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, I'm just really excited to listen to it more. I can totally see how it stands up as her sort of flag in the sand. I'm not just a singer-songwriter. I'm going to... God damn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not just a singer-songwriter. I'm going to prove myself as ambitious, eccentric. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's a a work of art. Um, That's exactly what it is. And the fact that I've listened to it like through maybe three times now, and I'm only just touching on it. Mm. I'm quite happy yeah. to see it going because I want to listen to it a lot more. I think I think it's it's an album that as well I think raises the bar so much on what's possible for someone as a just as a solo artist. There's so much more can be done than strumming acoustic guitars mm-hmm. and playing ballads, and yeah, it it makes other stuff look so tedious by comparison. That I think there's probably a lot of people don't thank her for it, but I mean I just think it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and it's hard to settle for stuff that's for stuff that's less in hindsight. You can also see, I think, how it's been so influential on a lot of female artists as well. Oh, you know? definitely. And there's, there's no denying that. That's, yeah, that's but she doesn't She doesn't live in a vacuum. She's been yeah. influenced. I mean, the people we mentioned earlier, Kate Bush, Tori Amos, Amos, even yeah. Fiona Apple, people like mm-hmm. that, they've mm-hmm. definitely had an impact on Jana Newsom. Absolutely. But she has taken the influences and progressed them as opposed to, I've 
large number of solar artists to take the influences and sort and of ape them, them yeah. and dilute them and just seek to add nothing else to that and pass it on. And I think that's that's why her name will probably endure. Mm-hmm. This record has been discussed to death, I think, by everybody. And no, I, I've, I got, think I've got another hour if you want. I think I just, I just start I, quoting lyrics. That's what I was going to say. Like I think I think you can go on endlessly because there's so much in it. Even though it's only five songs and it is like, was it like an hour and a half, an hour long, over an hour long? Like 70 minutes, something like that? Yeah, it's, it's about an hour. doesn't yeah, feel like it. 50 minutes. It's, it's doesn't. certainly a lot shorter than Have One On Me, put it yeah. that way. It doesn't feel like it's that long, which is, I guess, also given some of the songs are 15 or 17 minutes long. It doesn't feel like, it never drags. Yeah. There's always, there's always something new. So Chris and David, I believe you are unanimous then and that this should... Yeah, I'm very happy to see it the go two of us like are it. unanimous. <laughs> <laughs> by you are not by animus. We're by animus. I, I'm yeah, a, definitely. <laughs> I have no strong feelings either way. Like, like, like you. But it's not up to us. It's up to the public. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable that the public will vote the thing. So anyone that I is so anyone that's interested enough to go, yeah, but unless they like another record more, but I don't know. Well, there's only. I can be- see this as her sort of dividing record. Yeah, this will probably ride off into the sunset. I think this one with with all the votes, but yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we finish this? Just uh, what's coming up next time? Uh, next time, I think we've got... <laughs> David, do you want to introduce this? Yeah. No, it's your record. Is, it, is this yours, Mark? Oh, wow, it's such a blur. <laughs> we have slot next up, we have Slaughter of the Soul by the Gates. By who? At the Gates. <laughs> You're so excited, you just said so it all in one... Excited, yeah. Slaughter of the Gates! Yes! <laughs> one syllable. <laughs> but at the Gates. At the Gates. Yeah, at the Gates. Mm, amazing. It's going to be... Well, the reason you need to articulate that is because I didn't know anything about these guys <laughs> until like three weeks ago. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hold my hands up. I was pretty ignorant, but that's going to be an interesting one. That's going to be, yeah. Um, so, yeah, go out on their Facebook, vote and go on their Facebook, sorry, and vote. I'm so excited about the case. I can't even talk properly. <laughs> go on your Facebook page and vote for this record. If you want it to go in, if you don't want it to go in, you know what to do. Um, and don't forget to like and share and subscribe and to give us an, a rating and review on iTunes if you can. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, gentlemen, it's been a total pleasure once once again. Once again. This one was a total pleasure. DJ Shadow. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>